0: careful not to scratch the back or there might be some problems it's the this game where podcast with me chris and him me ashley oh i cut in on that didn't i and i just decided to mix it up a bit and just i did i did wonder about saying with him ashley and and just to see what you were going to say but i thought that'd probably be a bit too too complicated obscure yeah exactly Mm. you alright? right yeah fine how are you i'm good thank you very much i'm on a heist after our then and dan episode are you really? Yeah. That was a week ago. I know, but I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still up there from that.
1: Yeah, we haven't heard anything from any other developers, so that call... Not yet. That s- siren song? What would it be? What? Call out. That call out to other developers didn't work.
0: Yeah, not a siren's call. Sirens lured sailors onto the rocks to kill
1: them and eat them. With so their boobies, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And their songs, I can't sing and I've not got nice boobies.
0: Well, maybe I can... <laughs> Maybe after, oh, okay. after maybe after today's episode, Chris Sorrell might uh, come forward. Chris Sorrell? Yeah. Do you want us to talk about the game
1: we're doing today? Chris Sorrell is the developer of uh, Rollo to the Rescue. I know that. Oh, I just, just uh, know that. I don't know why I know that. Is it because I accidentally spoiled the game?
0: <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> well, for the benefit of the people who won't know what the game is, which is no one, because it says in the title what the game is. This week, we're playing this game where you play a 2D platformer. Rollo Rolo
1: to the rescue.
0: <laughs> you play as an elephant. Rolo, Rolo to the rescue. Who? It's it, a what, sorry? 2D platformer. 2D platformer, play as? You play as an elephant. Who's called Rolo. And you pick up all manner of little creatures on the way who give you different abilities. Yeah, because you've rescued them. And he's called Rolo. Do you know what the game is?
1: Yeah, I do. What, what is it's it? Rolo to the rescue! It is. Well done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you ballsed up. <laughs> yeah, I did. And actually, in in doing so, in out in the game to me ahead of time, you also outed yourself as being overly polite when we did Super Mario because I did pretty much exactly the same thing. Put my information on our shared Google Drive, uh, which you were then able to access, and you've done the same thing this time. Yep. So, it does, did occur to me, why did you make the exact same mistake that I did? It just didn't cross my mind. Right. Which, uh... Fair enough, well, yeah. podcast of incompetence, here Indeed. we go. <laughs>
0: Let's crack on, shall we? I thought I'd do this because it's been a while since we've done a 2D platformer. Apart from, *Lords no, the clockwork, God, I mean, like, a traditional 2D platformer. Yep.
1: That's so, okay.
0: do you know anything about hey, this don't game have at to, all? Hey,
1: you don't have to justify yourself to me, Chris. All right. You can do whatever you like. It's your podcast. Well, 50% mine? Well, it's it's your podcast as much as it's my podcast. 48-52. Do you think so? Mm, I do. Who's 48? <laughs> I wouldn't like to say. <laughs> uh, I'd hope it would be me, to be honest. <laughs> no, hang on. I've just done myself out of 4%. You have you. I meant it the other way around. Silly side. I'd hope that I would have 52. What with all the editing and shit. Yeah, exactly. Do you know anything about this game at all? Uh, I know that Rolo is an, an elephant. Yeah. And I know that he goes to the rescue and that he collects up animals. I actually heard that after this game completed, Rollo found it difficult to get other work <laughs> and instead of rescuing instead of rescuing the animals that he collected, he actually started up a, a pet shop. Right. With the animals that he freed. Yeah. And uh, the animals that didn't sell, so you know, like pounds in America, I don't know if they do it here, but pounds in America, they kill their dogs if they've been, a, a lot of pounds kill their dogs if they've been there too long. Oh, like a dog pound, so they well, pounds in currency. Ro- no, no. Right. Rolo was the same. Um, he got quite bitter about the whole affair w- with this game. Uh, Rolo started to grind up all the pets that didn't sell within a certain amount of time. He used to grind them up and he used to feed them to the other pets. I don't
0: think this. And is... And that's where
1: that's where rabies came from.
0: I don't think this is law within the Rolos the Rescue canon.
1: No, it's it's documented on Wikipedia though. Oh well, there you go. It is. It's, it's his name is Rolo Solo. His name's Rolo Solo, and he have is said, actually you related have
0: said, to. He should have said "the" because it's roll over.
1: Thank uh, you. I'm here all week. Yeah. <laughs> Point is, Rollo is a sick, sick fuck. Jesus. <laughs> what were you asking me? Do I know anything about the yeah, game? well, apparently you know quite a lot about the game. <laughs> I know nothing
0: about the game, okay. if that's not quite clear. Right, well, I got this game secondhand from
1: Electronics Boutique in Derby. Do you remember them? Yeah, I do remember it, Electronics Boutique. It was actually... I was going to be a bit arsy there about Electronics Boutique, but... It is the best iteration mm. of game. Yeah, I agree. That has ever existed. Um, because as soon as Game took over, things started to go south. And also, I don't know about your branch, your particular branch of game, but ours always smell of sweat.
0: Yeah, always. this one's a bit fusty.
1: Yeah, whereas Electronics Boutique, I don't know whether they had a different cleaning regimen or something, but it, it was always quite fresh in there. It was all right. I wouldn't like to speculate, but... Well, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, apparently so.
0: So, I got this on... This is a Mega Drive game, just to clarify that as well. I got it from Electronics Boutique in Derby in about ninety six or 1997, which is interesting as, during my research, I found out the game was actually developed in Derby. Oh, is it? Who by? Or at least... Um, the guy who developed it, I should say, is from Derby. I don't know. The single I'm, guy. I might have balls that up. There's some sort of Derby link there. So it's, ah. the company is called Vectadine, and they were founded by a guy called Chris Sorrell, who him and a few of his friends developed this game in one of their houses between like the garage and spare bedroom. I found this mm. really long interview with him on Eurogame, which was really interesting. He talked about how... Um, They they came together in just like any bit of spare time, they made these games. And he ended up, at some point later on in his career, he was the creator of Medieval. But even on top of that, they also, Vector Dean, also
1: developed James Pond, which again... You're kidding me. Was this before or after Rolo? Before. So, right. Okay. So they did James Pond and then they went and did Rolo. And
0: then sort of uh, went into silence from what I can gather. Is
1: Rolo better than James Pond? Hmm. I is it not? I don't oh. think so, no. Right, okay, that's gonna be interesting. I played James Pond semi recently. I played it Which about four years ago. James Pond 2. Is Robo- it James Pond 2 RoboCod? Yeah, that's the second one. Yeah, because I'm sure I was talking to you maybe in a previous podcast episode about the music and how it rips off Robocop. <laughs> like it's a proper it's a it's a proper James Pond 2 Robocod uses the music from RoboCop. Well, like,
0: the exact same da, music. Da, da,
1: da, da, I, I, da, I don't know RoboCop's that level, I'm well, afraid. Well, it sounds... If you play James Pond 2, you'll know the music from RoboCop, so, uh, because it's exactly the same. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, so the,
0: the box art even shows James Pond on the back as a picture. He appears in Rod's The Rescue... There's a a level where he appears and he gives Roller some extra lives. And I really wanted to get to that part of the game because I thought that was pretty cool. And I Hmm. was never able to get that far because the game is really, really hard. Okay. That's a shame. Mm. Do you think you'll be able to do it now? Um, From what I've read on the internet, no. Um, I found a really interesting blog, actually. I want to give a shout out to Randomised Gaming on Tumblr. So it's a blog a bit similar to what we do, really, where someone reminisces about a game and then plays it, and then talks about it, how it, it holds up. Now, they haven't been updated for a couple of years or so, and mm. there's not that many games on, about sort of 13 or so. But one of the games they chosen to play through was this, and I read through that, and it brought back a lot of memories. And their main takeaway from the game is that it's really, really, really hard. So I'm going into okay. this a bit worried.
1: So is this one of those games that was made purposefully hard? Was it arcade for a start? Did it come out arcade, or I don't did it think come out so. just, just the pure Mega drive? drive? Okay, and then it, but it still relied on that, like that difficulty spike, being so high in order to presumably promote further playing. I think like, so. Yeah.
0: They were talking about in this randomised gaming blog about one of the levels having some lives that are quite easy to get to and that they had to go back and harvest these lives before going back to this level that they found quite challenging. So oh. I I don't remember it being that difficult back in the day, but my gaming skills have waned quite a lot since then.
1: So are we going to enjoy this?
0: I hope so, because I, I remember really enjoying
1: this game. Okay. Even though it was extremely difficult.
0: I don't remember it being difficult. I just remember it being fun. Although, only right. be able to well, get it to a certain a, point. That's a
1: whole different kettle of fish, though. Yeah. Because if it's hard, but great, you can forgive it, can't you? If it's punishing and shite, yeah. it's like being slapped in the face with a turd.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to fall into that camp. I hope not, anyway. Okay. I hope not. Do you remember, because I remember this very distinctly, it was published by EA, and you didn't mm. have a Mega Drive, did you? Not
1: at that point, no. Oh, so you've, you've got one since, haven't you? Well, I had I had one. I t- I think I told you bought one off my cousin for 20 Oh, yes, of course, yeah. yeah.
0: Did you have any other games? I and mean, this is quite a niche question, really. Do you remember having any games published by EA, Electronic Arts, for your Mega Drive?
1: Yeah, there was a- a NHL. Did it have that weird yellow plastic bit on it? Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't remember if NHL has got it, but I know I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a that was a way to get around it was circumventing protection, wasn't it, on the cartridges or something?
0: I assumed it was some sort of like stylized thing. I didn't realise it was something as technical as that.
1: No, I'm sure it was, you know, in the same way that Nintendo had the seal of approval or whatever and yeah. it had to go through Nintendo uh to get cartridges and stuff. I'm pretty sure that EA had a big old fisticuffs with Sega because Sega were uh I might be balls in this story up as usual. Do you want to put but a pin I, in it and then actually research it? No, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go. I'm just gonna tell you what I think it was. So the gist basically is like like the Nintendo Seal of Approval, that mm. had Do you remember the Seal of Approval? You given me a face. Was that no,
0: I was thinking it is that, that little thing It's like a star gold type of thing. Yeah, that, exactly.
1: Yeah. Like a gold stamp that was on the front of all Nintendo seal of quality games. Yeah. And the idea was that because so we talked recently in a couple of episodes ago about the big video game crash in America. Do you remember us talking about that? nineteen eighty three?
0: Was that the what we spoke about in episode that's being put to one side?
1: Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, it is. I keep, that keeps tripping me up. Uh, so so I've, I've told you in the past about the um, video game crash yeah. in 1983 in America, haven't I? Where Atari and all the other people putting games out. Games just stopped selling and the, the whole industry fell to its knees. And it didn't really recover that well until Nintendo entered the fray. Right with the Nintendo Entertainment System, and one of the things that Nintendo put in place to try and control the market because they like control, as you can, as you probably know, uh, but also to try and stave off this repeating itself, like history repeating itself, and mm. games getting so bad, so poorly controlled quality-wise that. Everything falls down. Uh, was this Nintendo seal of quality? It meant that they had control over production of all games, and they could. They were basically vetting all the games that went onto the system. Right. They controlled it because they had the cartridge. They had access to the cartridges, and okay. they sold everyone the cartridges. And it, without the cartridge, you couldn't put games on the on the Nintendo. Obviously. Now that, that that, I'm pretty sure that got reverse engineered as well. But the whole situation with EA ties into that because Sega tried to do the same thing with the Mega Drive. They tried to control production of games and, and publishing of games. By keeping hold, uh, keeping back control of the cartridges, so you had to, you had to please Sega. I mean, it's not something that's gone away even now, because you have, if you want to get on the Xbox or you want to get on the PlayStation, you have to go through certification. Yeah, and it's the same sort of thing. But EA circumvented that with the Sega Mega Drive because they took the Mega Drive cartridge and they reverse-engineered it and came up with their own their own cartridges for the Mega Drive, and that's what you're talking about. You're talking about these cartridges that have got the little yellow nubbin on the side so
0: that was their way of kind of copyrighting that these are our cartridges as opposed to sega ones well it
1: was a way of showing that it was their cartridges yeah, yeah. it wasn't a copyright uh issue it was just like an ownership issue i guess they right. were i it almost feels uh like a cheeky you it's, know it's them, what do they call it it's them dick swinging isn't it a little bit, yeah. But equally, I think it was Sega swinging uh, in the first place, trying to... Oh, I don't know. EA. Who are the bad guys in this situation? Mm. I'm not really sure. Uh, to to me,
0: I would say that EA came out of that pretty well, that they've kind of seen that challenge and gone over it. And, you know, I kind of admire that. Yeah, to them try and that.
1: provide access to their, to their games for people on the Mega Drive. Yeah. But equally, it's them going F you to, to Sega. Do Sega do platform holders do, should they be able to reserve the right that's what i was just thinking surely Sega would have had, had, that ecosystem
0: yeah surely say would have had some say you know they're not gonna let ea put
1: any old rubbish on the console are they well that's what ea did like they that's why ea did what they did let right at this point now that i've told you the story i will just pause a moment i will just do a little bit of research so All just right. bear with me okay okay Right. So having done a little bit of research, right? I've got a little I've got a little write up. It's from a website called bluetoad.com, which I've never heard of, to be honest, but It says, okay, when EA inquired about publishing its games on the Genesis, the executives felt their proposal would be met with open arms. Instead of embracing the logic in EA's proposal, Sega of America president Mike Katz had other ideas. Sega wanted to emulate the Nintendo licensing agreement system, leaving little to no negotiation room for third-party publishers. So they were trying to control negotiations. The discussion went back and forth for nearly a year until a Sega executive told boldly told Bing Gordon if you want a different deal you're going to have to reverse engineer the system aren't you Sega had thrown down the gauntlet and EA gladly picked it up under the guidance of its legal counsel the company gave two of its most talented engineers the green light to attempt a clean room reverse engineering job on the Genesis it, 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 it sounds like Sega sort of Sega were dick, dicks, yeah, saying "Ah, you can't do nothing about it mate and then EA and then went gone, and did something right. about it mate yeah So, yeah, I think there's no real way that EA does come out of that particularly bad. But then it's just the question, as I say, of whether Sega should be able to reserve the right to control what goes on their platform or not. And my gut is that if you're a platform holder, then you Mm. probably should be able to.
0: And presumably Nintendo still do that with their consoles, that they still have to certify what goes on because the Wii has an
1: awful lot of shovelware on there. That's exactly what I was thinking. So the Switch as well, if you go on the Switch, there's a buttload of dross on there mm-hmm. that oftentimes it obscures the better yeah, stuff on definitely. there. And actually there, there are some really shady practices coming out from a lot of companies that are putting on really like the crap. They're discounting their game to 90% of the price so that it costs like maybe it costs a tenner normally and they'll discount it to 90% uh, to just 10% of the cost. So less than a quid. 90p to pick up some crappy sudoku game but then because people see that at 90p and just buy it on a whim that then secures them a really good uh, place in the sales charts charts on the on the switch and then people start to buy it even more because they're seeing Mm. that it's sold and it it just becomes like this vicious circle and and then on top of that they up the price back so once they've secured that Mm. position they cut the sale and uh, you'd left with this ten pound game that's not worth ten pounds at number three in the sales charts, and people think, well, it must be all right because it's number three in the sales charts.
0: I don't stand in that example why you'd be paying for a Sudoku game anyway; you can get it for free in, on the internet.
1: Yeah, can't I you? mean, I, I said Sudoku game, but there's all sorts of no. It's it's a good different example, isn't it? Because it's sort of yeah. it's a, it, it probably it's does happen later. with those. Yeah, I'd imagine so as well. So long and the short, I'm not sure what's going on with Nintendo certification because. There's so much crap on there. that It's definitely more open than it was in the '80s and the '90s with the NES and possibly with the SNES. I don't know. What I it was prefer. the Wii
0: was where I first noticed it. I remember going to uh, to bring this around to Rollo, uh, going to Game in you know the late 2000s, and your pre-owned section was just full of you know random Barbie Barbie related games and uh, carnival party mini games and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I think the reason that that was I, was because of the like absurd popularity of the Wii. Yeah. Um, whereas prior to that, it was the GameCube, which sold like 12 to 14 million, somewhere around there, wasn't it? So who's going to port their TroubleWare oh, yeah. game to that? Um, the PlayStation 2, I never noticed that problem with the PlayStation 2. No, I didn't either. So what? whatever was going on there, they were doing something right. It just felt like a fairly stable high quality library for the most part i think the we just got that
0: foothold in for families didn't it and it was a, a contour for everyone and that's why presumably mm. lots of stuff got ported to it because it was for everyone and you know like for example i just said about carnival party games that's the sort of thing i can imagine parents who didn't know much about games going to yeah. a game and all oh, that sounds all right picking that up or equally someone buying it for them or dad for something to play at christmas or whatever
1: yeah i mean crap games existed on the mega drive didn't they Oh, definitely. So maybe that's EA's fault. If we're going to try and blame EA for something, <laughs> maybe they opened the door with this reverse engineering jobby. Yeah, it's not letting get away with, with nothing in this story. No, they they are the bad guy. They've, they've been labelled the bad guy for time immemorial, and therefore we've got to maintain that. We've got to go with that trend, have we? Uh, yep, yep. Let's go back. You were telling me about Rolo, and you said about these yellow carts, and I've then... Taking Um, a massive, massive detour on that.
0: The game came out in March 1993 in Europe for the Mega Drive. So to ties in with one of our more recent episodes, when was Mario 3? Was that 91, did we say?
1: Mario 3 came to Europe in 1991, yeah. Okay. But it was out in, I think it was 88 or something ridiculous in Japan. So there was quite a a long spread of of release around the world. So the reason I mentioned Mario 3 is because this game has a map. And you can go
0: back to previous levels, which I think is
1: due to Mario yeah, setting the
0: trend. I suspect so. Mm. I, and I remember to to progress through the map. There's something about jigsaw pieces. That you have to find jigsaw pieces hidden in levels, which then go onto the map. And map's like a big jigsaw. And bit by mm. bit, you piece it together to access new levels. The game itself is a platformer. You have to rescue as it says in the title, you have to rescue companions to make a party of four maximum, including Rollo himself. You then choose, once you've got your party,
1: you choose who to control Which one to grind? a level. What? Grind? Oh, right, okay, sorry. Yeah, and to chump. Oh. It doesn't matter. You, you're missing the callback. Sort of... I, I thought matter. you were
0: thinking about grinding like an... Something sexy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you were thinking. Oh, well, I was, I was perturbed as to why you think about animals, but there you go. So Rollo himself can spray or suck with his trunk. Of course he can. He can ingest helium to float and there's a washing machine which will shrink him down. <laughs> what? <laughs> and what, that surprised. he carries around on his
1: back? No, you just find him oh. in some
0: levels. He just hop into him and he he spins around and then comes out and he's shrunk down.
1: I that's quite good. Do you? Yeah. I think that's that is... That's quite funny. Is it? Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it is funny in the playing. I, I'll reserve judgment all right. until I've played it. However, it it feels a little bit like a lazy stab at what? How can we make him shrink? Well, mm. Alice in Wonderland's done the mushrooms, hasn't it? So uh, we should probably, you know, go for next best thing: washing machine. It's all we've got left. <laughs> you know, it just feels like a lazy. Well, We've you... landed on something and we can't do any more thinking. Can't be asked. What would you have? Then? Let's not come up with more than one idea in this brainstorming session on how, how to shrink things. Let's just stick with the washing machine. What would you have him in... use them to shrink? I have no idea, but yeah, I, I don't think that. Well, in thematic terms, in thematic terms, how how well does the the washing machine fit in with the theme of the levels? Uh, Or does it just get plonked in? I think it's just plonked in, yeah. Right. So then they
0: needed a different thing, didn't they? Were you looking for hoping there'd be like a a plug that it was plumbed
1: into? Oh my goodness me. You're either missing the point. You're either missing the point or you're being like pedantic. Yeah, I'm Um, being pedantic. Because
0: what what I mean is if it was a level set in a utility room, the washing machine would fit. Whereas if it's a level in the desert, the washing machine has no place yeah, there.
1: if this if this was Chibi Robo, a washing machine fits within the world of the game. But the the point is, it, it sounds like a lazy design choice that they just landed on the first thing that they thought of and decided that they couldn't be asked to do any more work, thinking of a of a, of a better way to make him shrink. That's what I think. Oh, well, wow. and I've gone right off this game. I've gone right off it.
0: Shall I tell you about the other animals? You can rescue them. You can tell me what you like. I'm not listening. So the, <laughs> the other animals are
1: a rabbit. What ability do you think the rabbit has? Based on the fact that Rolo can shrink in a washing machine, <laughs> I assume that he's quite a good pot washer. <laughs> no. Or maybe maybe he has a maybe he's a ninja with a mop. fit mm, in there. The rabbit can plunger. rabbit can jump higher. Well, right. Great. Okay. I mean, at least that's thematic with a rabbit. What do
0: you think the mole can do?
1: Oh, I bet he can he dig. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was really hoping that I'd go for a sensible answer, like, can the mole dig? And you would go, no, he's the pot washer.
0: <laughs> Sorry. What do you think the squirrel can do? Um, s- Scratch his nuts? No, oh, he climbs. Oh. Dirty boy. And what do you think the beaver does? Keep it clean.
1: <laughs> uh, that was my lad moment for the for the episode. Are we go for the, um, the go for the lad. The beaver... audience now, are we? Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying. We're trying to target everybody, aren't we? Trying to break that market. Uh, the beaver presumably bites stuff till it falls down. I don't know. No, he can survive water. I'm guessing a beaver because he can go on land as well. Well, so can Rolo because he shrinks in the washing machine. So the beaver's got mm, no USP. True. So all the other all the other animals drown in water, but the beaver can swim. That's what yeah, the that's
0: my oh. recollection. Okay. Of the game. I mean
1: I've already moaned for, for ten minutes about the washing machine, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry too much. I mean, I suppose a mole would drown, wouldn't it? A mole would drown. I think I'll give him that.
0: I think you're going to quite enjoy this game. So shall we get you out of your thunk and get cracking on with it?
1: All right, All right. Okay. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it, but we'll see what happens.
0: I'm glad you go into it with an open mind.
1: Yeah, I had an open mind, and then we spent 30 minutes talking about how stupid this game was. You did. Uh, and now I'm Oh, shut up. I was hoping that we'd come back into this second half and I would be less agitated that I would be pleasantly surprised by this game and that has not happened not by a long shot
0: and the only that's happened is that I'm feeling miserable
1: yeah you're feeling like I've been
0: feeling <laughs> dejected
1: you know that makes me feel slightly happier to be honest great but cheers schadenfreude <laughs> yeah a little bit of it. So it was not a
0: good experience, that, was it? Sadly not, no. So w- when we when we first closed up, I I was really uh, happy with it. Like the, I still
1: stand by the character design being really good. I think they look nice. You're shaking your head. I think they look generic. I think the whole game comes off as a generic edutainment game.
0: Yeah, you said you were surprised that I was... So I would have got this when I was about 10, and you said you were surprised that I was playing this at the age of 10 even just from the front cover yeah just from
1: the front cover um i think that's partly my hang up and my lack of you know we grew up in different circumstances i guess and differently the there was yeah i think to some extent we did the more that we do this the more i'm coming to realize that our that our, our upbringings were quite different <laughs> <laughs> there was an element of growing up faster like i felt I would have been very turned off by this game. That's Mm. the short way of saying it. Because when you look at the cover, the cover is... go. If you're listening to this now, go and have a Google for Rollo to the Rescue on the Mega Drive. Look at the cover and then consider at 10 years old, would you have been drawn into that game? Or would it have looked too childish for you?
0: I do think when I got this, it was on holiday. I remember that in one of our caravan holidays. And I think I was given, uh, i know, let's say for sake of argument, £10 holiday spends. And Mm. then we went into Electronics Boutique and it was there and it was £10. So I bought it based on that. And the fact it was a platformer. I think it was one that's fair enough. You know, where it was like secondhand or pre-owned. And uh, I just bought it on that. I don't think it was that the cover particularly enticed me. But equally regardless of that maybe there could have been other ones that might have enticed me more
1: i don't know i would have been actively turned off at it to the point where at 10 even if i had 10 pounds and it was 10 pounds i wouldn't have put the two together because it looked too childish mm-hmm. now i think i i'm not saying that's a problem you had because i think that's a problem i had i i said to you when we were playing you know I like The Lion King. I'm I'm 32 years old. I like The Lion King. I have no shame in saying that. I I think it's a good film, well made. And at 10 years old, I would have had too much shame to be able to say that, even to to like to, especially to my friends at 10 years old. But even uh, but uh, in our family, I just don't think I would have said it.
0: Whereas, I Whereas you, didn't, you I, didn't
1: struggle with that. No,
0: not at all. I've been have quite, quite proud. I mean, you know, I, I maybe run around in different social circles than, than you, but uh, I, I would have been quite happy to have said to my friends that I liked The Lion King even in
1: the age of 10. It was quite a strange distinction to be drawing because at the same time, I was quite happy to, you know, admit to liking The Bug's Life. The Bug's Life. A Bug's <laughs> Life. Um, and that's one of the games, one of the first games that I played on a PlayStation and we me and my friend went through it so it was there was see on there that, were levels to it
0: on that note when i won that competition to to win a bug's life i did get quite a bit of grief at school because i was at secondary school and to be fair i was about 13 or 14 and and i think at that point entering a competition to win a Bug's Life on the PlayStation, I Mm. probably was too old for that. But equally, I still did.
1: So, you know what? Yeah, you did. You did. Exactly. And I commend you for it. And I think that there's an element of middle-class confidence uh, that you... (laughs) you Middle-class
0: confidence?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think that the middle class generally, as a very general rule, the middle class are imbued with an element of confidence in themselves that the working class don't get. Right. So they don't. They're they're not given. I've not heard this before. Have you not? I was, no. I was only listening to someone talk about it today, this morning. So maybe that's coming to the fore for me. But
0: uh, well, I, I certainly didn't expect an episode on Rise the Rescue to suddenly turn into a discussion on class and uh self-awareness. No, I know that's
1: good. Yeah. What is it? Is it good? That's interesting. Know. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It, it, and it's true as well. Like, there wasn't the openness in the circles that I ran in, if that's if that's what it was. I, I genuinely remember there was a moment. I had a friend. His name was Casey. And that is a real name, but I won't give you his last name. And this was primary school. And he had the Lion King, but we both shunned it. Right. There was an element of, like, we're starting to become... We're going to secondary school soon. Yeah. We We need to start growing up. And that started early like certainly earlier for me than it seems to have for you because roll Over to the rescue it strikes me as having been designed for a very young audience
0: but then does that mean i maybe has a lack of self-awareness or maybe i should have been or uh aware of the fact that it was too childish for me at the no. time?
1: no i don't think so at all because there's i'm th- as i say as i said to you just a moment ago i'm 32 and there are games now that i would happily play that provide a a level of challenge and engagement, but also have a design style that is trying to appeal to people that are younger than me, you Mm -hmm. know, and in some cases. So case in point, we asked Dan Marshall uh, last week whether he was a a Mario or a Sonic fan and he railed against Mario and his reasoning was that he is a childish figure made for kids and that if you're a 30-year-old man playing Mario, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm paraphrasing. But it, it was something along those lines. I mean, Mario is a childish figure I've made for kids, not Dan. Well, debatable on both <laughs> counts. Uh, but <laughs> I hope he listens to that as well. Yeah, so now I'm I'm quite happy to play things if they are good enough, if the quality's there that are designed for children. So I actually think that if you were blessed with the, a, lack of, a lack of... I don't think it's self-awareness. I think it's shame. Because things... I know that things are made for kids and things are made for adults, but some things transcend those barriers because yeah, that are very arbitrary. And if it transcends the barriers, if Rolo to the rescue had been a phenomenally well-designed well platformer that just so happened to look like it had been designed to appeal to six-year-olds, then... I'd have been all over it, mm-hmm. like now. I'd have been singing its praises.
0: I'm trying to think of an example of something like that. I'm thinking Pikminiku, but that's that's very bright and colourful. But it's the actual game is is much
1: more adult oriented. Captain Toad,
0: yeah. So yeah.
1: Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, everything is cutesy. The Mario World, Dan Dan to some extent is right. The whole Mushroom Kingdom is very soft lines, very uh, bright colours, and very very open and welcoming. Yeah. In my view, yeah, but equally, it, it could be it is designed to appeal to children. But I also think that it has a universal appeal. Mm. People should be allowed to like what they like. There's a there's a phrase that people have started using saying uh, don't yuck someone's yum. i often you know? hear that. I quite like that. Okay, so don't yuck don't yuck my yum or don't yuck people's yums. And I feel like to some extent I've yucked your yum with te- with uh, Rolo. I'm, I'm increasingly How, going off the phrase the more you've,
0: you've used it. It sounds a bit yeah, vulgar.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, I I think that my shame was my problem. And if I had... So one of my role models, if I can put it that way, on this subject is my niece. My niece is 15 and she likes what she likes and she doesn't let other people dictate to her what what the terms are of what she likes Mm -hmm. and I think that she's phenomenally brave in doing that definitely and I wish at 15 I'd had the guts to be like her and I wish that I'd been had the guts to be like her at 10 you know but she's always been like that so yeah sounds like you were like that at least for a a period of time
0: yeah I was just thinking while you're talking I think when I got to about probably 15 myself I think I became a bit more self-aware and did sort of fall in a bit, although. As I said in the Tony Hawk's episode, a lot of my friends were into the music that was in that game, and I wasn't interested at all and didn't mm. didn't fall in with them. So there maybe still was an element of that, possibly. But
1: we could all learn a lot from from her in particular. <laughs> but I I imagine from the younger generation, they seem they ve- they seem very strong willed and com- confident in some ways, Absolutely. less confident in others.
0: We sound very old saying that.
1: Yeah, oh. I know, but I've got a fifteen year old niece, so. How can you? <laughs> yeah, how can true. you not feel old when you've got a fifteen-year-old niece? So I liked the
0: character design, and then the first few levels, I was quite Hated enjoying the character design. Each level was <laughs> a tutorial for each of the characters: the rabbit, the mole, the beaver, the squirrel.
1: And was it? I didn't. It didn't occur yeah, to me that, that was the case, I so. but I suppose so. Yeah.
0: And then it branched out into levels where you had to be using them at the same time or switch between them. And that's where the wheels started falling off for me pretty quickly.
1: Well, I, I hadn't realized in the playing that it was tutorializing those first few levels, but the, we're only talking like three or four levels in where the wheels started falling off. And there are two particular levels for me that <laughs> where the front wheels came off and then swiftly the back, the back ones, uh, over the course of two levels. The first one was this, uh, mushroom level. If, for lack of a better way of describing it where you had a series of mushrooms so here here's a stupid game design choice the mushrooms were doorways they didn't yeah. they weren't signified as doorways in any way whatsoever but if you walked into a mushroom you ended up in a in a cave system and there was about six or seven mushrooms all lined up and they all led to different caves you had to navigate through these caves to find the things that you needed in the right order. But it was very hit and miss as to which one you were supposed to go in, in in which order. And it was just bad. It was really bad. And even when you were in there, I mean, there were one, they weren't very intricate. They weren't very... They were just little rooms, weren't they? Yeah, they were just little rooms. They could have done this so much better than they did. And then, even when you were in the rooms, a lot of them weren't challenging in any way. And then another one where it seemed all but impossible, where you had to jump up to get one of the to rescue one of the animals, but it was in this little like nook in the top right hand corner of the room. I mean, I figured it out, but uh, there you go. Yeah, well, that wasn't the crux of the problem with the with that level. It was the messiness of the way that they decided to implement the level design yeah going into these random mushrooms to in in some order but there there's no clue as to what order so you have to randomly drop in and out of them it, it was just a nonsense so that another, was the first loss of wheels
0: another example of bad level design that i found was there's a level where there were these floating platforms that you had to that's jump second across lot of wheels. Oh, that's what you and talk about was it okay yeah so the rabbit jumps high but he jumped really really high he or she and there were these levels you had to these platforms that were floating there you had to jump across and when you jumped up to go from one to the other one he or she jumped so high that the platform that you're jumping to um, disappeared off the bottom of the screen so you had no um, depth perception but not depth because it's going across wherever the the phrases you had no concept of where the platform was
1: no, there was no spatial awareness That's to, a better
0: to be stress, gleaned. Thank you. And if you missed it, there were then there was then a big pool of water underneath, which you fell into and
1: just died straight away. So you then have to yeah. then
0: restart the level. And that was extremely frustrating.
1: Yeah, it was. You, the, the idea behind that level was that you let these platforms drop. But there was, a, there was something, there was a signal of, again, bad game design, frankly, um, in the way that even that worked. Because you got onto this platform... And the platform started to sink. And then the idle animation for the character you were playing would play. And it the game is basically telling you, well, you're taking too long. But the reason that you're taking too long is because the game is making you wait mm. while it does this stupid. It was a really bad design choice that level, the way that it was designed. There were too many platforms as well. So yeah, it no said, one. this is a challenge. And then it made you do it 15 times or so times one after another it was not fun it was boring and then i think it was that level where so we haven't talked about the like the the drive uh, behind the game like each level and we'll get to that but we'll touch on it now because in that level there were no collectibles mm. in other levels they were peppered with scores which we'll talk about in a moment this level didn't have those and instead it just piled a bunch of points in at the end around the end point of the level and it was like why why is this happening why have i got these points right now why why are they all there rather than scattered throughout yeah. the
0: level and in terms of points in pretty much every single platformer ever you you collect points in terms of actually picking something up which usually are pretty mean yeah it might so be like, coins we- in mario or rings in yeah but in Sonic, you, your highest score you've got in the top left corner, uh, Does it? you get a continue every, is it 50,000 points or, or something oh,
1: like that? I thought it was every 100 rings. That's Extra
0: Life, every 100 rings.
1: Oh, right, yeah. Okay, you said um, continue. Yeah, I,
0: th- I think it is. I, I'm not really sure. But it's it, it, it tallies up so so much it becomes quite meaningless whereas in mm. this like the things you're collecting are literally points so there might be the, yeah. the number 900 written and you, you collect it and then you get 900 points but there's no real i mean maybe the points do add up to something i don't know but it, you just have this arbitrary high score in the top in the, at the bottom right corner yeah and i feel like it was stuck in the past with that it felt it needed to have a high score so let's just crowbar this in
1: yeah. Yeah. It it was one element of what I thought was was mess, a very messy messily designed game with very little idea of what Drive it actually wanted to present a player with. So um to break that down, the gameplay supposedly was designed around finding these animals in each level. Mm-hmm. So the level would start and it would it would flash up at the at the front um find six animals or whatever. So that's the drive that is giving you for each level. However, the levels were then seemingly designed around using those animals' abilities to collect um, to collect these numbers that tally up for your score. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so much so that it seemed like the design choices being made were were that they would hide very poorly. Hide. Um scores, for lack of a better word, the equivalent of rings or, or coins, they would hide them in out-of-the-way places. So in level yeah. two, you had to swim to the left uh, with the beaver and you would find an arbitrary set of, of scores. And then you had to use the rabbit to jump up high in the trees and you would find another arbitrary set of scores. So so you've got two drives there. You've got find the animals to uh, and finish the level use the animals to collect the scores and which ones which one takes precedent which because i didn't feel like there was any importance really placed on on the score or the no, high score or the items that you collect
0: my drive was to collect the animals and then also in some of the levels on the main map there might be more than one exit which is a bit like mario world i did quite like that the overworld map but it was then going into the levels and finding where the jigsaw pieces were hidden and i was one in particular i couldn't find this jigsaw piece at all so i obviously no idea where it was
1: and I, I found it up that one, I can't remember where it was. Because I didn't actually register that I was picking it up, because it was just another another thing to collect. To collect. Isn't
0: it? And it just, the, so the drive is to collect the animals, and the high score, the points, are, as far
1: as you or I can tell, completely yeah. redundant. So it felt like it wanted to, at times it wanted to be a puzzle game. And if they'd they honed in on the puzzle-solving element of it, I think they would have ended up with something a lot better. Instead, they ended up with something that was part puzzle-solving, part platforming, part um, high-score collector-mania type thing, but with no real soul to any of it mm-hmm. and no real cohesion between, all, between each of those distinct parts. Um, I didn't feel a drive for anything other than, other than, I think the main drive was to find the animals to finish the level. So if that was the main drive for, for playing the game, then they should have honed it back. They should have paired it back and finessed that. Yeah. Instead, they just tacked on this high score mechanic and made a big deal out of it by jamming the level full of high scores. But just so lazy. So just to just to pick up on that as well, I made a big deal, kind of jokily, about the washing machine being a lazy design choice. Like maybe the second thing that they they landed on in terms of what could shrink the character. Yeah. Well, I was half joking about that and I was quite ready to eat my words when we came back and actually found out that it was a good game because I was expecting that to happen. But everything that I've experienced in this game has just solidified actually that that was probably the the reality of things because instead of actually making an effort to have a cohesive design to the game, to have, to theme it well, so that it all hung together well. They just did the lowest common denominator choice for things. So, um, the, and, and the scores, it's really hard to get this across on the podcast, but the scores were the, just the lowest common denominator, the easiest thing. How do we represent these collectibles and what they're worth? Well, we'll just make them the numbers that they that they represent. So if you're going to score 900 it'll just say 900 and yeah. if you're going to score 25,000 it'll say 25,000. On top of that there was no distinction between a 900 and a 25,000. In the game you could find a 900 score right next to a 25,000. So yeah. w- what what was the no idea. What was the point? It was just pointless. crap. Sorry.
0: Carry on. So in the first half I talked about the randomized gaming blog saying about the difficulty. I oh. found it difficult in terms of not really knowing what to do in some levels, or when I found out what to do, finding it finding that the game had purposely, I think, made it difficult to do. So there was one level where you had to climb up these two tall trees with Rollo and a squirrel and i found if you switched that was a bad level yes it was i found if you switch from rollo to the squirrel to do something and then switch back to rollo the squirrel then just disappeared i assumed you'd be able to switch between the two on the fly but you, you couldn't and why the squirrel would then disappear we went back into the cage so then you to then go back right down to the start of the level. is that where again. he went i think
1: so yeah went. and just because what, that happened why? to me on a different level why would yeah. that happen yeah, it it was just one of many really poor design choices. And then you managed to get to a boss, which you found incredibly difficult and gave up on. Well, I had to, I had to, yeah, because yeah. I had four lives, and I went into this boss. It there was no signal. So on a Mario, we we you compared the overworld to like the Mario three map, and I can see where you're coming from. But on a Mario map, there's there's meaning to to it as well. So. Yeah you, you Got the castle can bike, see what the you're heading towards exactly yeah so you can see that there's level one two and three and then there's a, like a mini castle that's not quite as big as the castle at the end of the level so it must be a bit of a challenge but not the biggest so you can read into that map mm. this one it was just it was just brown blobs for each level and i went into this one level thinking that it was just a normal level and then there was this strongman throwing dumbbells at me and it it hammered me, like three lives gone in about thirty seconds. Because it gave me no signal that it was going to be that kind of boss level. And it also gave me no clue whatsoever how to counteract his attacks or or to fight him fight back. I tried jumping on him, I lost a life. But that's the way you were attacking mm. every other enemy. So yeah, I didn't I didn't like that at all. I, I backed out to save my last life because I Otherwise, I would have had to use continue. Um, So yeah, it it was really bad, and I didn't go back.
0: The the cherry on the on the cake for me, cherry on the icing, and the the cherry on top for me was when you said about how this is by, or you pointed out or reminded me that this is by the company that made James Pond. Now I used to absolutely adore James Pond too, and I remember really enjoying this game as well. And I, I I had this horrible sinking feeling that actually James Bond two might not be any good anymore. And I think that's probably right. what made me the, the
1: saddest. Was that? Well, I can't remember if I said it in the first half, but I play I think I told you that I played James Bond more recently than most mm-hmm. people probably have, and I was quite quite shocked at how bad it was. Um, makes me very and, sad. And it's a game. It's a game that will come up in the fullness of time on the podcast. But it was it, it. This felt like James Pond. It, it was quite thrown together, shoddy. I didn't like it. I didn't like James Pond, and I didn't like this. You you said, you said about the animation even, but the animation even to me just felt lazy. The main character in particular just felt lazy, lazily animated. His his face had no expression, or there the the elephant's face had no expression. To it. it just looked like a dopey, half-asleep elephant for most of the time.
0: So I, I think they look quite cute, the animals, and I, I liked the way they, the elephant lolloped along, and the way the, the characters moved. Uh, I, I really did. But have you ever played a Looney Tunes game?
1: You know uh, the Looney Tunes, don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I had the Taz game on the Game Gear.
1: Ah, right. Was that the one where you like you run along the road and collect kiwis off the side of the road, or was it a? no Different. no it's a platform okay. oh, well the SNES version of Taz was like running and running headlong like a racing game along the road right. but then you collected things it, that that's an, an aside for another day but um you you know what so tasmania was a looney tunes style character and there mm. was a lot of character to them and certainly the, loo- the reason i bring up the looney tunes or animaniacs is because those characters are cute those characters are full of character character yeah <laughs> Bit physically full of character and when you say that these characters are characterful all I can think is the, the bunny was blue I think that's why Looney Tunes has come into my brain because they've both got blue bunnies in and I know which one I choose and hands down
0: yeah no I see what you're getting at the, the beaver has a, a rubber ring around him which I thought was quite funny but beyond that it's just a, a generic animal, anthropomorphic animal. Yeah, and so. the
1: elephant, the elephant was just like a big-eyed elephant that, as I say, looked a bit dopey and tired. Yeah. Okay. I'm so, I'm so sorry to be a fun sponge. I hate. I actually genuinely hate the episodes where this happens. But I also, you know, that I can't control myself <laughs> in these situations. Like I can't. I can't hold back the like
0: a, distaste. A, a, a Dementor was sucking the fun <laughs> out of me.
1: Cheers. I mean, they do a little bit more than sucking the fun out of people, don't they? You, you you're basically saying that I've stolen your soul by being mildly perturbed by Rollo the rescue I mean, it's, it's what people
0: are saying on, on the forums and the message boards, but, you know, let's, let's not go into that. Was there anything you liked about the game?
1: Uh, you know, there was, there was a point where... We were playing, and I said I like this, but so much bad stuff's happened that I've completely <laughs> forgotten what what it was. I said I liked. Do you remember at all what I said?
0: The one thing that you said you like? No, I, I, I really can't.
1: Neither can I. Oh, I, I'll tell you what I I said. I said that they'd got the the movement right. So one of the things that plagues bad platformers is a bad jump, like a squashy jump or a a heavy jump or something where they just don't quite get the the arc right or they don't quite get the momentum of the characters Mm. they run across the ground right or or something like that but this i really hate it in platformers where you jump and then they skid after landing that really grinds my gears yeah i mean that's one that's one example i'm sure there are games that do that well like use it to their to their advantage but i can't off the top of my head think of any
0: at the time recording uh we know about super mario 3d all-stars And Mm. when this will release, Super Mario 3D All-Stars will be out tomorrow. And I played 3 Mario Galaxy the the first time when it came out in 2007 on the Wii and completed it, absolutely adored it. And then, I don't know if you remember, you unlocked Luigi. Mm. And you could play through the game as Luigi. And I started doing it, and Luigi was much more floaty and did that where he, when he lands, he skids slightly and comes to a halt. Mm. And I stopped playing because I was starting to really
1: dislike the game and I didn't want... Uh to dislike the game because that's the first one to... then, yeah. that you got Luigi. I didn't, I yeah. didn't remember that at all. Uh, mm, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, a bad, a bad, a badly designed movement system for a platformer can k- literally kill the game for mm. you in the same way that it killed Mario galaxy to, to hear somebody say that they don't like Mario galaxy would be a surprise because it's fun. Fantastic. And I know how much you like it. So for you to say that about, playing it as luigi it, it just shows how bad how bad it can be yeah um and they they managed to avoid that pitfall hmm. that's about it though that really is it i didn't like the way it looked i didn't like the way it played i i didn't even like the way it sounded we haven't had a chance to touch on that the music can you remember the music it's sort of music like in lemmings like the should be coming around
0: the mountain or this little dog in the window oh really of, yeah public domain yeah public domain there was there was one level where it starts off with it was um a little snippet of if um tell you picnic but only the first bit of it it didn't play the whole song yeah Um, it didn't didn't even register it little public domain type songs like that but then uh, for little bits but then most of it was just fairly forgettable it was
1: generic bleeps and bloops i i didn't even recognize any of those public domain snippets if they were playing then they might as well they must have been I can only I'm, assume I'm they were sure, made.
0: I'm sure it was something <laughs> like that. I might be. Uh, I might have made yeah, Well, miss- the point I was making is that stay. they were
1: so forgettable. It was just so forgettable. Just, just beeps. Yeah, nothing. Nothing to commend.
0: Well, we always end up. We always end up with the same question: Who would you recommend this game to, Ashley?
1: The same. The same people I'd recommend Green Dog to. <laughs> Those people. No, nobody. I think we settled on. I think the wording actually was along the lines of wrap it up in chains and throw it to the bottom of the sea. <laughs>
0: I think it was, yeah.
1: And yeah, if if somebody put a gun to my head and put these two games in front of me and said, you can only choose one.
0: I mean, this is a very I think specific I'd be,
1: situation. <laughs> I think I'd be going down to the bottom of the sea with, the, with both games <laughs> because... I I'd be loath to choose. I just think
0: would you have Rollo and his his friends in the sack with you in chains, or all, all of you down there?
1: Happily, I think I just I'd be slowly drowning, looking at Rollo, the cartridge, with the uh, E A just of smiling on to it. myself. Yeah, just smiling to myself. I'm glad you're down here with me. I'm glad no one's going to get to play you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah geez what, what a bleak way to end sorry that's
0: how i feel <laughs> i mean i mean I, I wouldn't go quite that far i would just say don't play
1: it but you know if you want
0: to go for your your watery demise then yeah sure fair
1: enough i mean that, that seems like a more measured way to yeah cheers to deal with the game so yeah i'll walk it back i i agree i'd say don't play this game don't even think about this game listen to this episode realize what a terrible mistake making this game was And then don't think about it again, because I certainly won't be, hopefully.